part of being a financial grown-up is making sure you have a plan for how you spend your money and how you pay your bills. And now we have a new tool for that. It is called Split It. It will take a lot of the stress away from those big purchases and really allow you to plan ahead. Here's how it works. You shop online, and when you're ready to pay, you just choose Split It at the checkout to split your payment on your credit card and pay over time. There's no interest, no application, no fees. It is fast and easy. So if you buy something for $500, you can split it into five smaller payments of $100 a month without any interest or fees. Much more manageable and you're in control of your costs. By turning your payments into smaller installments over time with no interest, Split It gives you more spending power. I know I don't like to have to pay interest if I can avoid it. And I also don't want to always be opening new lines of credit. Split your payments and live big with the credit cards you already have. Go to splitit.com today. That's splitit.com. I only now can talk about this very gladly in hindsight. I love making fun of myself with the most embarrassing money stories, but no, definitely not at the time. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hello, my friends. What is your most embarrassing career moment? Give it some thought. Something you couldn't even fess up to out loud for years. For Nicole Lappin, it was pretty bad. But let's face it, time can make a potentially humiliating experience into an endearing life lesson. Welcome everyone here on the Financial Grown-Up Podcast. We talk to successful grown-ups who share money-related stories that had an impact on their life and the lessons we can all learn from them. We top it all off with an everyday money tip that you can make your own. Today, I am excited to share one of my favorite interviews because this grown-up money expert holds nothing back. You are in for a treat. Nicole Lappin is a former anchor at CNBC, CNN, and Bloomberg, and now a best-selling author. She stopped by earlier this year when her latest book, Becoming Superwoman, a simple 12-step plan to go from burnout to balance, was released. But before all that, she had to learn the hard way that you really need to be prepared for work or you could find yourself in a very awkward position. Here is Nicole Lappin. Hey, Nicole Lappin, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. I am so flattered. (laughs) I never thought I would be one, but yay. (laughs) You are absolutely a financial grown-up. First of all, book number three, congratulations. Becoming Superwoman, a simple 12-step plan to go from burnout to balance. You are a New York Times bestselling author. This is, as I said, book number three. You also have Rich and Boss. We may be bleeping some of that out because we don't have an E on this podcast, but congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, you have many other accomplishments. You have been a TV anchor. You've judged the Miss America pageant. I love your Hush Bunny podcast and so much more. So I'm honored that you're on Financial Grown Up. 
I am more honored and I feel like it's breaking news that I'm a financial grown up. I thought that I would never see the day, but here we are. And that's, I'm going to put that as my most important accolade next. I want to get right into your money story. And then we're going to talk more about this latest book and the resources associated with it because it is incredible. But your money story has to do with preparation. Go for it. Yeah, I started as a business reporter on the floor of the Chicago Merck when I was 18 years old. And when I was asked if I knew anything about money news or business news, I totally lied. And I faked it till I made it. And then I had to become real because I found that money is just a language like anything else. And I could not speak that language. So I was going to interview the founders of a tech company at the time. And my boss, who was awesome, said to me as I ran out the door, and I would always carry like a big diaper bag, almost combat ready with all sorts of stuff like a poncho just in case from my time in actual general news. I didn't know what would happen. I was always combat ready. Um, and he was like, do you have the PNL? You know, a lot of people call me NL or Lapin for short. And I was like, no, dude, I'm good. I'm HP. And I get to the interview and the PR person was like, do you have the PNL? And I'm like, okay, think, Lapin, think. She is not asking you if you need to pee. This must be a money term. I sit down with the founders and they're like, our profits, as you can see from our P&L, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, okay, has to do with profits. Think, 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 profits, L, losses. And I kept saying like P-N-L, like kibbles in bits. <laughs> And I, I didn't even know it was an and. Like, I just was so clueless. And that was like a great example of how I had to think about this right on the spot and definitely was not prepared. Wait, so what happened? How did this play out? Did it, you have an aha moment in the middle of the interview? I had the aha moment and I knew enough that it like had to do with their balance sheet. And so I could sort of dance around it and get through the interview. Then after that, I wrote down P-N-L, like N for Nicole. And then it took me another hot minute to realize it was an and sign. It was like profits and losses. At the time, did you confess to anyone? Did you tell your boss, I didn't know what that meant? Or did you just keep going? No, 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 no. I just had super intense imposter syndrome. And I just thought everyone was going to figure out that I didn't know what I was talking about. And I would have never, ever admitted at the time that I couldn't speak this language. I only now can talk about this very gladly in hindsight. I love making fun of myself with the most embarrassing money stories, but no, definitely not at the time. So what is the lesson for our listeners from this? I think realizing that money is an intimidating language. We just don't have a Rosetta Stone for this growing up. And it's okay if you can't speak the language, just ask what something means. I've talked to CEOs of major publicly traded companies who have asked me, like, what does QE2 mean? For for example, like right before we went on the air. And I was like, dude, it's just a bond buyback program, like no big deal. And they were like, yeah, I just didn't know the terminology. And so there's lots of terminology that sounds confusing. If you went to China and you didn't speak Chinese, you'd be confused. If you went to Wall Street and you didn't speak the language of money, you would be confused too. And I love that you're saying that because so many of us kind of nod and pretend we understand something and maybe make decisions that we shouldn't make because we don't want to admit that we don't get it. Yeah, totally. And you're definitely not alone. Um, I think a lot of people smile and nod and don't join basic money conversations because they're too intimidated and too scared to admit they don't know what's going on. So true. 
And by the way, your website and your books are a tremendous resource for understanding a lot of this stuff. Let's get to your everyday money tip. It has to do with flipping the whole concept of procrastination upside down. Yes. I like to rethink conventional financial wisdom, conventional business wisdom. And yes, you're right. I rewrite financial dictionaries and business dictionaries. I did it in the back of rich and boss. This is maybe why I'm single. Um, But at the end of every chapter in every book, I rethink conventional wisdom to hopefully help you think for yourself. And procrastination is often used as a bad word. It's used as something that you should avoid. But I actually think that you can thoughtfully procrastinate because it's so cathartic to cross out all the things on your to-do list. Like, here we go, dry cleaning, you know, pick up this blah, 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 blah. And actually, those things might not move you toward your goals. So if you remind yourself of what you're working toward and what you have to do, and almost connect the dots. I came up with a superwoman journal that's a companion journal along with becoming superwoman to help you do that throughout the day. And I create this point system that's almost like a Weight Watcher system that allows you to give yourself points for things you're focusing on and forgive yourself for stuff you're not focusing on just then and there. Because I think we can have it all. We just can't do it all, especially not at the same time. So true. And another thing that I love about the book is you have these really compelling quotes For example, related to what we were just talking about, you have a quote from Mark Twain, never put off until tomorrow. We can do the day after tomorrow, which makes a lot of sense when you really think about the reasoning behind it. Yeah. If you like have to pick up your dry cleaning or something and you need to get something done that will move you toward making your side hustle your full-time hustle, like I would do that and then get your dry cleaning unless you really have like nothing, nothing to wear. I would do that later on. Another thing in the book that I love is that you have not just a to-do list, but a have done list. Yes, because, you know, we often get into this mode of we've just not accomplished anything. And like, we're not doing anything compared to everybody else on Instagram. And I think comparison is the thief of joy. And also we tend to compare ourselves to the best version of each aspect of our lives. So we compare our like fitness regime to a fitness blogger who works out five hours a day or our mommy life to that of like a mommy YouTuber who bakes bread for her kids and homeschools them. Like that's not realistic. And so if we get in that cycle and we don't have the definition of what success is to us, we often feel inadequate, which we shouldn't. No, we should not feel inadequate. But one thing that you also work through in the book is you have specific plans for people to organize and get towards those goals in a realistic way, not in a way where you're trying to keep up with somebody like you were just talking about. So I love your four F systems and these sort of year by year goals. Can you talk a little bit about that? I love F words. (laughs) And in my first two books, I break down goal setting into the three Fs, family, finance, and fun into one, three, five, seven, 10 year goals. And for this book, I say mea culpa, I forgot an F word and it's fitness, it's mental and physical fitness. And my only requirement for the point system where you give yourself 10 points throughout the day. And if you really want a percentage, like we're so overwhelmed by this lady justice 50 50 thing, which I think is ridiculous, just add a zero to the end of the point and sneak attack, you get a percentage. But my requirement is that you add one point at least to um, mental wellness and emotional wellness, because otherwise it will require all 10 points if it's neglected for too long. Yeah. And before we wrap up, I do want to say my very favorite part of your book, Becoming Superwoman, is the epilogue. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was supposed to launch this book in March and Rich 
came out four years ago in March. Boss Bitch came out two years ago in March. And so I thought, oh, of course, we have another book two years later in March. And let's just wrap this up in a pretty little bow. And as we were going to print, I felt like I was on the verge of burnout yet again. And that imposter syndrome that I talked to you about um, when I was 18 years old came back in a way I wasn't expecting. And I thought, I can't go out and talk about balance when I feel like my life is hanging in it. So I went off the grid and I actually reread my own book. Legit. This is not like PR or marketing spin or anything. Like I can't even lie. I can't keep track of lies. So I just don't do it. And I reread my book and that's how I know it actually works. And I think I'm not only the writer, but a lifelong reader of this. Remember that hair club for men commercial where the guy was like, (laughs) I'm not only a customer or I'm not only the founder, but I'm also a customer. That's how I feel. I love that because people make assumptions that just because you're an expert at something means that you do it perfectly all the time. That's not always true. I aim for progress and not perfection. If I have more good days than bad days, then I'm totally winning. And I don't think anyone's an expert in balance in particular. I'm an expert in regaining my balance when I inevitably lose it. And I know that I will at some point. Well, thank you so much for being here. Where can people learn more about you and maybe catch you on your book tour, find out where you're going. Oh, that would be awesome. At Nicole Lappin, wherever social media is served. And yes, Hush Money, the podcast with the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, Jason Pfeiffer. He's like the dude version of me, but we argue a lot. And then we bring on a celebrity (laughs) judge to decide who's right uh, for taboo money subjects. And that's on iHeart. That launched recently. Um, Yeah, at NicoleLappin.com, you can check out where our next tour stops are going to be. And I'd love to hang out Thank you so much. Thanks, Bobby. Let's do this. Financial grown-up tip number one. We didn't get to this in the interview, but a lot of Nicole's advice focuses on productivity and avoiding distraction and all the stress that that causes. And of course, spending time when you didn't mean to on things. For example, she recommends a browser extension called unroll.me. It's free and I'm now using it. I will leave a link in the show notes. You can always find the show notes by going to bobbyrebell.com and then going to the Financial Grown-Up Podcast area. There's also a handy search box in the upper right-hand corner where you can always just type in the guest name or any keyword, but definitely check out Unroll Me. Financial Grown-Up tip number two, another one from Nicole's book was to keep emails to five sentences. If it has to be longer than five sentences, then it deserves a phone call. I'm going to start trying that in my workflow. We'll see how it goes. But if you do it too, let me know how it goes. Nicole's latest book, Becoming Superwoman, is out now. Check it out. And also her Hush Money podcast, which she co-hosts with entrepreneur editor-in-chief Jason Pfeiffer. It has become one of my favorite podcasts. And please help me get this podcast on more favorite lists. If you enjoy it, take a screen grab and share it on social media. And please tag me so that I can thank you. On Instagram, I am at BobbyRebel1 and on Twitter at BobbyRebel. Big thanks to Nicole Lappin for helping us all be financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.